Hello and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We're going to talk all about the juicy stuff, about relationships, about business, about mental health, all the things when it comes to the journey of life, right? And what you'll see along the way is no one's perfect. We all have our shit, (laughs) to be frankly honest. And I am so thankful that you're here to be on this journey with me. And I'm going to have some epic guests sharing their story. And I just cannot wait to get this started. So let's go. So excited that you guys are here. And today's episode is, is going to be a good one. It's going to be a juicy fire episode. And I'm really honored that she even is sitting with me right now. Um, her name is Kelly Gunther. She is an Olympian. And she's not like your typical Olympian. She has an incredible, incredible story. So Kelly, I'm going to throw the mic to you and kind of share your story a little Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for having me. I am so excited to be in your presence as well. It means a lot to me um, to be on your podcast. So I appreciate it. Uh, yes, I am Kelly, the quote unquote Olympian, but there's so much more of who I am and who I want to become. I want to become and be really defined as the comeback kid. Because as we get a little bit deeper into my story, you'll know why we all have our own comebacks, kid and ourselves and story of who we are. I love that. I love that. So I guess kind of go get into it. Like you, was your plan to be in the Olympics like your entire life? Was that the goal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's dive in. So 1994, I always say I'm aging myself now, but (laughs) um, I was watching those winter Olympics and they were actually, how funny is this, in Nagano, Japan, as the Summer Olympics are going on. Uh-huh. And I was watching like Michelle Kwan, Tara Kopinski, and I can remember just sitting in front of that TV that day as this six-year-old little girl saying that I want to be on that stage someday. Okay, mind you, and granted, I had no idea what the Olympics meant at that stage, you know, what they even were, but I knew I wanted to share and tell my story as they were skating through theirs. So with wasting no time, I was taken to the local roller rink the very next day um, by my mom. So nothing to do with ice, nothing to do with the cold. And I fell in love with figure skating, like the jumps and spins, the hair and makeup. Like I was doing everything that I had watched on TV as the Olympics. So right then and there, I knew I wanted to go to the Olympics, not knowing exactly what they meant, but I knew I wanted to be there. Um, but then I was knocked off the horse as that little girl, I was too fast for the music and being too fast. I couldn't hear the beat of it. And when we all watch figure skating, you know, they want to be on cue for their jumps and spins. Yeah. No, I just wanted to go as fast as I could and either fall and get back up and do it again, or just really go fast. (laughs) So that was my calling after all. But with that being said, as kindergarten, first grade, I was diagnosed with a severe learning disability. We're not um, exactly sure the diagnosis of it. It's not ADHD or anything like that. Um, Not too long ago, excuse me, myself, I just saw a neurologist because I wanted to know the exact name of it. And he just kind of laughed at me and he said, it's simply just 
some learning disability. He goes, you're just anxious because you know what you want. <laughs> and I laughed. I go, yeah, I know. I want to get there. You know, once you make one dream come true, you're always shooting for the another. And, you know, so, I mean, two strikes right there. I felt like I was out. But with that being said and being felt like I was knocked out because I always wanted to be that girl. And in middle school and high school to accept, you know, that I was in special ed was very hard for me. I was embarrassed by it. Um, you know, I, as you know, we grow older in school, I felt like, you know, we were at the classrooms kind of just, you know, set aside and I just didn't really get the concept, you know, why our classrooms were smaller than everybody else's and high school, you know, finally came about. And by 12th grade, uh, I was like working in the school store and one of a friend, you know, made a comment like, Kelly, like, why don't we see you anywhere? Like any of our classes. And I just, of course, blew it off and was like, well, I was skating or, you know, traveling the world. Hence ha- half the time I was, but it really just because I had a learning disability and I was just too ashamed to admit it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really my lesson now is that I'm so proud of it because those special ed teachers in middle school and high school are my friends today. Like I can call them up and ask them how to write a paper and or how to give a speech. So I think that's something where the comeback kid within me, you know, knocked down as little on the other side of it being, you know, so proud of it. No, and I can actually relate to it because I also have a learning disability. So I think you can get into like, for those, um, for those people that also have a learning disability, or even just like the kids right now that are, you know, have those goals and dreams, but had that learning disability and they're kind of timid to go for them. What kind of um, advice could you give from your experience? Mm-hmm. I love that you asked that question. So thank you. And thank you for sharing it. Cause I know, you know, I wasn't until my early twenties until I finally accepted to come out and share that I had a learning disability actually wasn't until I made the Olympic team and my high school special ed teacher had just said, Kelly, just think of how many, you know, you can help and change just by your story. And, you know, so that's why. So, you know, who's ever is listening, I will always be the girl first to raise my hand that life is not perfect with butterflies and rainbows. And, you know, it's okay to be a little bit different. We may not accept it, right then and there. And I think that's okay as well, but to learn to grow, to go after your dreams and to go after what you're good at and, you know, let the bad of the negative, you know, teach you and grow you because there's always a silver lining in that. And that's where it really taught and showed me that I wasn't ever going to be the fastest person that could read a sentence on the page, but maybe I can possibly be the faster, fastest skater that I could be against a classmate, you know? So we all have our unique differences. And I think that's what's so cool about learning that and growing of who we are. And that's why I want to share and connect with, you know, who, whatever age you are, you know, to really use your unique self and don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something, no matter if you have a disability or you don't, you can do it. I can promise you. I mean, that's why we're sitting here having this conversation today. (laughs) It's so true. And like, period, like no, no one's perfect. Everybody has their, has something, right? So I want to kind of get into your Olympic experience because again, it was unique. Mm -hmm. So kind of go through the process. You, you know, you went through the trial and then kind of just go through all of the experiences that you had. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
So I was an inline speed skater for 10 years of my life. Inline speed skating was not an Olympic sport. I did junior world championships and world championships. At the age of 19, I still had that dream of going to the Olympics as I was that little girl. So still at that younger age, quote unquote, at 19, I knew if I wanted to learn a whole new sport, it probably had to to happen now. Um, So then I switched to long track speed skating. And my best picture to paint you is if, you know, the high school track around the football field, picture that with ice. And that's our track. It's a 400 meter track. And it's pretty cut and dry. It's you in your lane by yourself with the clock. And whoever is the fastest against the finish line, that's who wins that day. Um, so it typically isn't like bump and grind or anything like that. It is strictly yourself and you and the clock at the end of the race. Um, so then I transferred over. Vancouver was coming up. It was about two years out. And I'd been new to the sport. So my eye and prize was already kind of on the next four years of Sochi, Russia. Um, I skated the Olympic trials in 2010 to get the experience, you know, to know what it was like um, to move forward, to have at least one underneath my belt. You know, so when the time did come, I was prepared for what was ahead. And mind you, in 2010, they did Olympic trials completely different than how they do them in 2014 and so on. 2010, um, I had actually earned the United States the fourth and final position to race off for. And it was, they were taking the two fastest times of the 1000 meter. So it's two and a half laps around that 400 meter track. That is my bread and butter race and my favorite. Mm-hmm. I had won the first day going into it. I was so excited. We had a day off. We come back and we race again. The competitor and I, who it had come down to, we race in twos. She was the race ahead of me. I was the very last pair to skate. Skates her two and a half laps, gets a time slides across the finish line falls with that being said her, even with that fall was still good enough for third place my coach looked at me and he said kelly skate your race we're going to the olympics i take a deep breath i skate my race and i was named to the olympic team that childhood little girl was just coming true and I couldn't believe it. Like I was just, I can remember like sitting and back in front of that TV and knowing of where I was going. I never missed opening ceremony, never nothing. Well, little did I know while I was in drug testing, doing all the paperwork and all the process, the girl that had fallen and who had got the third place was getting a reskate. She reskates an hour later, goes a second and a half faster, a personal best, mind you. And within 24 hours after an arbitration, I was being taken off by a ruling and she was put on. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, like I remember hearing this because you were just speaking on Breakfast of Champions and Hannah was uh, interviewing you. And I, I know Barbara like kind of wanted to get into that whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was in the audience and I kind of was like, how what how was how was Kelly feeling? Mm-hmm. Like you worked so hard for so long, and this girl gets to a rescape. Mm-hmm. Like, are the emotions like still there? Because I could feel it in you when you when you were just like talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. how did you feel? Yeah, it really was honestly, a complete learning lesson for me. And the person that I was going to become was going to happen right then and there. 
not only the person I was going to become, the athlete that I was going to become. I mean, I had so many odds stacked against me at this point. I was new to the sport. I'd only been skating two and a half years. And now I just went up against the NGB where I was going to be around for the next quad. And I could have easily walked away and said, you know, this, I just come from the top of the top of inline. I was very well known to, you know, I'm going to go back to that and, or I'm just going to walk away from this. And I let myself grieve in that night and, you know, cry and, you know, be upset. But something happened the very next day where I woke up and I went to practice that next day. And as hard as it was for me, that's when the comeback really started to come alive. And I had said, you know what, you can knock me off an Olympic team and you can take me off for whatever reason you believe is right or ruling, whatever it is. I can promise you in the next four years, I'm going to make that team fair and square. And there's no questions asked. I will be the Kelly Gunther on that 2014 Olympic team. And that's really when it started. They had said, you know, Kelly's young. She'll be around. Uh, Well, we don't know what's going to happen the very next day. So two and a half months later, the accident happens. I was finishing out the season of 2010. Yes, I was not going to the Olympics, but I still had my own season to finish out. I was racing a 500 meter. I was going into the corners. Me and the corners are like BFFs. Like I was <laughs> never, <laughs> I was never in imagination a straightaway skater. So I really did love to go fast and turn left. Um, I had just passed the 50 meter, 50 meter mark. So I knew the corner was coming up, and I was like, okay, I can get my speed going. Um, well, it was in my very first crossover. My left foot had different plans for me that day in the ice. It was not stuck on the ice that day. And because I do long track and I say, nobody typically touches you, nobody really falls. And that was the exact same thing that happened that day. Nobody touched me. I fell on my own. And because I was in the outer lane and raced the lane to myself, I was on that with the pads being the closest to me. So my left foot wasn't in the ice that day. We believe what happened is it got stuck underneath the ice, underneath the pad. So with that, that's how the torque of my body twisted my left ankle off from my foot. And then if you can picture a baseball player sliding into home plate, that is exactly what I looked like facing the starting line of where I just come from. No way of where I should have been going. (laughs) I feel like, so let's talk about the universe. I don't know if you believe this type of stuff, but Mm -hmm. I know for me, like, I'm always like, things happen for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. I'm brought to these different spaces for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to live with, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to honor it. I'm going to lean into it. So when all these things are happening to you, or I should say for you, Mm -hmm. what ended up happening now for you because of this? It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I always say my foot hanging off my leg was literally a dream come true. I would do it again in a heartbeat. And for you listeners out there, probably like, uh, wait, what did she just say? And the reason why I say that is because it's a complete mindset. And I changed that mindset right then and there when I was laying on the ice that as I saw and felt that my foot was broken, 
and promised myself I would look, but never look again, because I knew probably how bad it was. And even though I knew it wasn't attached to my leg, laying there and that ice cold ice with my heart beating against the ice because it was so cold, I had said, I'm going to be able to skate again. I'm going to, like, there's just no questions asked. And from that very moment on with that mindset, I knew that there was a reason for that. It, and it was because I just got knocked down, but I had a lot of hard work ahead of me and I loved to be pushed to my limits. And I got to live my dream out at the Olympic training center. I was the girl that never went to college. So the Olympic training center for me was my college. It was a dorm room, a cafeteria. It's like this base place for athletes who get to come in and train. Michael Phelps was coming in and out. So just to be able to see those Olympic rings and to take that negativity that I had just gone through to completely change it around to the best thing that I could have ever experienced. And those guys completely changed my life from the inside out. I think, I mean, like I literally have chills and I'm sure like a lot of people that are listening are just getting that that same vibe because it's your story is incredible and um I I like I I want to honor you because it like you're just incredible human um one other question that I wanted to ask you was I don't know if you've been you were in Molly Bear's room when she asked this but I always like to end my interviews with asking this because I think it's a great question I think I already know the title of your book, but what would the title of your book be? Oh, that's such a very good question because I keep going back and forth with it. Um, I have a few titles, uh, one of them being The Girl Next Door, um, The Comeback Kid, and Get to Know Kelly for Who She Is Other Than Just the Olympian. I I love that. I love that. Thank you. Um, And for all the listeners that are listening to you right now, like how could they find you? Yes, I'm really present on Instagram. It's just my handler is just my name, Kelly Gunther. I'm definitely on Clubhouse. So come check me out there. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm an open book. So if you have any questions or whatnot, I would love to connect with you and be your cheerleader. Well, Kelly, I just, I really appreciate you just taking the time and doing this. And if you guys love this episode, please tag the two of us and we will share it on our social media, send you some love. But again, Kelly, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Danielle. I appreciate you. And likewise.